Amen. Well, it is a blessing to see you tonight. Amen. Right here in the house of God, we're grateful for your presence tonight. Amen. I tell you, there's so much that could be said. I just want to try to please the Lord and say what He'd have said tonight. And uh, I must ask you, if you will, thank you. I first want to thank you for all you folks who have been praying for us. And I ask you to continue to do so. Amen. If I ever needed the Lord's help, and I always have, I certainly need His help, His touch, His power tonight. Amen. Amen. Take your Bibles, if you will. Let's look in the book of Genesis, chapter number 22. Genesis, chapter number 22. This is a brand new pair of glasses for me tonight. They're an old pair of glasses. They're actually my dad's who passed away about 20 years ago. And uh, 23 years ago, I believe it has been. 23 years ago, say, well, why aren't you wearing yours? It's one simple reason. I can't find them. <laughs> I've looked everywhere they're supposed to be, but they're just not there. I believe somebody has put them where I don't know where they're at. And that somebody, you're probably looking at him right now. Amen. Got that out of the way. I certainly appreciate the opportunity tonight. Brother Ingram was here tonight. I'd certainly thank him for allowing us to stand and to preach the Word of God. Amen. And the staff tonight, I sure do. All right. Genesis chapter number 22. The Word of God said, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abram and saith unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I, or here I am. And he said, Take now thine son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Well, I've got Micah here with me tonight. He says, And get thee unto the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. 
And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Bow with us tonight, if you will, in prayer. Our Father, we bow our heart, our mind, and our soul before you this night. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy and your help upon us. I thank you, Father, for your presence tonight. Lord, I look unto you, and my request tonight is, Lord, that you would anoint me with the power and the Spirit of God. Lord, that the one who'd speak tonight might be me in the flesh, but I pray, O oh Lord, may it be you and the Holy Ghost of God leading and guiding and speaking through me this night, I pray. Father, I ask you to open up the hearts and the minds of each one who is sitting here and help them to easily receive the Word of God and help us all, Lord, be doers of the Word and not hearers only. And we'll thank you, Lord, for all that you do. And we say tonight, blessed be the name of the Lord that liveth and reigneth forever. Blessed be your holy name. Amen. 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 All right, as we look tonight, under these verses of Scripture, I'd like to preach to you on these thoughts tonight. Abraham experiencing God through worship. I have certainly enjoyed, and the Lord has helped me through this series that the church has been in, about experiencing God, amen, in your heart and also in your home. I'd like to say if it can get in your heart, it'll go in your home, amen. It'll fit good in your home. First, let's each one of us get it in our heart. And I think about Abraham there, here. This is what he is doing. He is having an experience with the God of heaven. And God is speaking to him and wooing him unto a place of worship. And this is what this building is all about tonight. Amen. It's a place of worship where the children of God gather together to worship our blessed Lord. Amen. Our worship tonight is ordained, ordered, and organized by God. I've got about two or three things we'd like to bring to your attention tonight. And the first tonight is this thought, we experience God through his call of worship. And we see how Abraham here experienced God through this call. Look with me, if you will, again in verse number one and verse number two of our text tonight. Said, and he said, said, and he came to pass as these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, this is the best thing always to say the Lord. Behold, here I am. He said, take now thine son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Get thee unto the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Amen. I see first of all tonight, God's call to Abraham to worship. 
And I'd like to say that's the exact same thing that the Lord would like to do in all of us. Maybe not to this complete experience tonight. Amen. But God does desire to call every one of us to a place to where we can worship the Lord without any reservation in our heart, in our soul. I'd like to think tonight as we see this experience in God's call to worship, here with Abraham, only one member would do. Notice with me in verse number two. He says, take now thine son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. We know that Abraham had more than one son at this time, but God looks at it as if he had only one son because that's how Abraham seen it in his heart, in his soul. He had that gift from God. Amen. He had Isaac that God had given him. Surely that night or that day, Abraham might have wanted to have substituted maybe a sheep, one of those many lambs that he'd had. But God wasn't looking for a sheep. God was looking for Isaac. Maybe he had wanted to sacrifice that night one of those servants that he brought there with him. That might have been easier for him, but that wasn't what God wanted. Abraham might have been like some men are. He'd like to sacrifice that spouse that he had. But God wasn't looking for the spouse, amen. God wanted the Isaac. And you know what God wants tonight? God wants our Isaac tonight. Amen. That dear gift that we've got, that that we treasure, that that we so many times put between us and God. I don't know what your Isaac tonight would be, but I know who does know it is you know it. And I know what my Isaac would be tonight if I have one, but God is calling for that Isaac in our life. That which could separate us from true worship before the Lord. And so God's speaking, God's calling, God has given Abraham instruction there to sacrifice that Isaac, that gift from heaven, amen, that God's given him. You know what God likes to find out is whether tonight we love the gifts or do we love God? A lot of folks say, man, I love God. I love God. I had somebody just last week well, who began to tell me, man, I love God. And they begin to name out the things that God has done for them. And can I say, all of us probably do that at times in our life. But he was saying that, Brother Altry, I thought, now wait a minute. Are you loving these gifts that's being given to you? Or are you loving the giver of those gifts? May we fall in love with the giver of the gifts. There's a tremendous difference in that tonight. Amen. You and I, we're just flesh and blood and it's easy for us to love those gifts. I enjoy the car I drive. I'm thankful for the house that, that I sleep in at night. Amen. I woke up this morning and I looked up toward that wooden ceiling and I thought that's a beautiful ceiling and this is a lovely place that I am sleeping in tonight. Amen. And I love my precious wife that's laying beside me. But you know something? All those are a gift from heaven. All those are a gift from God, the one I am ready to love and to be in fellowship with and to be experiencing is that God who grants us all these things, all these possessions tonight. And so in our text tonight, there wouldn't but one member do. Secondly, there wouldn't but one mountain do. Now I was preaching this one time and we got through and we went out to fellowship after that and this young lady looked over and she said, you know something preacher, that's the first time I've ever heard a preacher preach on Mountain Dew. 
She kind of caught that through my southern uh, uh, speech, I guess, you know, when I said, wouldn't but one mountain do. God said, well, I'll show you the place that you're to go to. There's a spot, there's a place there where I want you to worship at. Look with me in verse number two again. He says, one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Amen. God had a particular place that he wanted Abraham to go. Let me say to you tonight, Jonah had a Nineveh God called him to. Philip, he had a desert. It looked like when you read the scripture that Paul had a prison. Paul had a place. Each one of these men had a place that they experienced God and the touch and the power of God, a place where they met and they worshiped the Lord. Can I remind you tonight that God's got a place for every one of us to meet with him, amen. Amen, we started coming over here to Canaan after just a little while. I told Brother Aubrey, I said, Brother, I appreciate your faithfulness through these years. The first time I ever come to Canaan, years ago, Brother Aubrey was standing up and just like he is now, he was leading them songs. Brother, you are going at it, amen. And all these years they've come and gone and he's still right here in the house of God at the place, at the spot where God's got him at, amen. I told him, I said, Brother, it's good to see your faithfulness. I'm glad you're still here. He said, look to me right straight in the eye and he said, Brother Brock, God hadn't told me to go anywhere. You know what he's saying? This is my spot. Right here is where God wants me. This is my house of God. This is my place of worship. I say every one of us ought to have ourselves a house, a place of worship. And I'd, I'd take a break just long enough right now to have another prayer request for you. I'd ask you if you would to pray for myself and pray for my wife. We are certainly seeking God's place, God's spot for us to worship. For our family, our household, our household, our family just now, we window down from six children. The only one we've got still at the house is Micah here. And Micah's already come and joined we all good folks, amen. And so you pray God would show us. God would show me and God would show Sister Brock right where the Lord would have us to be at. It seems to be a hard thing for me in these days to make that decision. It's because I have a fear of God in my heart and I want to know that it's the place. Amen. There's a lot at stake there. Some folks may take it lightly. I don't take it lightly. Amen. Amen. I talked to your pastor about that. You know what he did? He looked right at me and he said, Brother Rock, we, we'd be glad to have you. But what we really want is we want the will of God to be done. That's what we're looking for. That's what we want is the will of God to be done. What God's will is for you. And you know what I believe? I believe my brother meant exactly what he was saying. I believe he was saying that from the depths of his heart. Amen. I'll tell you, we visited a couple of places uh, that I, by the time I left, you know, whatever, I thought, man, they don't want me there. There's just something about one preacher stepping into uh, the congregation or another place and another man's spot. And that preacher having a little fear about that pastor that's maybe pastored for years or whatever. And you just about feel like there's no place for you in that place. 
in that spot. I'm telling you, not your pastor here, thanks be unto God. He's opened his arms up wide unto us, amen. I didn't ask him to be up here tonight. He asked me to be up here tonight. He asked me, did I think that, that I'd be able to preach tonight right here in this place? You see, he knows about some of the complications and the problems or whatever we've had in these recent past days. And, and uh, he said, Brother Brock, I was just waiting for you to get the confidence and, the, and, and be in the place and the spot to where you'd feel comfortable preaching. Amen. I told Brother, uh, Brother Ingram a while back, I said, Brother, pray for me. I'm not the same man I used to be. I'd had a stroke. Had a stroke. Uh, I'm not even sure exactly when it was. I had a stroke and couldn't find my way from Home Depot. And I may have done told this congregation this. I don't know if I have or not. Maybe you was here. Maybe you wasn't. And couldn't find my way from Home Depot. I went into the dining room and my daughter-in-law was in there. And uh, her and my son, Caleb, had been married for better than five years. I was building them a house. And they'd been living with us for somewhere close to a year at that time. And I walked in there and I didn't recognize her. I couldn't call her name. I knew that she was my daughter-in-law, but they just seemed to be uh, a fogginess in my mind, in my soul. And, and I just, I couldn't call her name. It really bothered me. I went back in the bedroom and stood in there and squalled for a little while. I thought, I have got Alzheimer's. It has hit me quick. It has hit me hard. It has hit me fast. And I called my wife in there and began to talk to her and, and uh, we talked for a little while about it and she assured me up that everything was going to be alright she, she reminded me and told me again Terry whatever it is and whatever you go through I'm right by your side I'm there to with you I'm still your help meet amen amen I'm there I felt like I could conquer the world then I didn't need to know nothing else. I just had my help me by my side, amen. I told a good friend of ours that, and she's a nurse, and uh, she said, uh, I've got a kind of some good acquaintances and, uh, with a neurologist, and I can get you an appointment. She says, now please, she called me preacher, and she said, now please, preacher, if I get you an appointment, you will go see that doctor, won't you? She knows I'm a little stubborn about going and seeing doctors, and I'm probably a little stubborn about a lot of things, but that's just one you could check on the list, amen. But uh, I told her I would, and she did that. And she said, when you want to go? And I said, soon, and that was the end of one week. In about an hour, she called me back, and she said, I called my uh, the neurologist I was talking about, and he said he'd give you, you pick out any day, next week he'd give you an appointment. And you bet, you just pick your time, and he'd work you in. And I, he says, when you want to go? And I said, well, Monday. Monday's the first day of next week, and he'll be open. That's the day I want to be there. And so I went to him and, and done a little interview thing, and he run a few tests, and he looked at me and said, no, you hadn't got Alzheimer's. Well, that, uh, that, I was already scared. That didn't help me out very much. He said, you need to have some, some tests run, and I submitted to that, and he lined me up for an MRI, and I went and took the MRI. I come back, and he's walking down the hall, and he spotted me, and he motioned for me to come in there, and I came in. He said, well, sir, we've got the results back from your MRI. He said, you've had a brain bleed. And uh, he said, right in the top, in the back of your head, you had a brain bleed. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, yes, sir, all right. And he's turned to walk away, and I said, wait, what? Whoa, whoa, what does that mean? 
What, what, explain that to me. Talk to me a little bit about it. He said, well, you've had a brain bleed and it flooded the backside of your head with blood and your brain died. The back portion of your brain. I said, about what percentage? And he says, oh, according to that MRI, it looks like about half of it. About half of your brain has died. And I thought, oh, my soul, dear God, please help me. Amen. I didn't have much brain to start off with. Amen. I felt like when God said, come get the brain, I thought he said rain and I went and hid on the shelter or something or another. Amen. I never felt like I had it all together. But I looked at him and I told him, I said, well, sir, that's no new news to me. I said, you see, my dad told me when I was 16 year old, son, sometime I think you about half brain dead. I said, so I, I believed that when I was 16. So that's, that's no new news to me, amen. But I'll tell you that was, uh, I, he said, well, I can tell that at least you didn't lose your sense of humor. I thought, well, I might have lost my sense, but I still got the humor. Amen. Maybe that'll help me somewhere. That's about what high preaching is anyway. For a lot of folks, you know, it's a little human, a few jokes. My problem is I can't remember the jokes. Maybe it could have been something else. If I need the jokes, I'm going to just call on Chef Cherry and let him tell the jokes. Amen. He's, he's good at that. Amen. I had good fellowship with Brother Sherry yesterday. Amen. We went to Operation Saturation. That's a good thing to get into. Praise God. Thank you, church, for your labor of love in this community. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for all you do for the Lord. Hallelujah. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. And I enjoyed that. Yesterday, we got to knock on three doors and actually got to speak to one person and, and an intercom, somebody on the other side of an intercom on another one. And the third one, nobody wouldn't come to the door. But uh, we had a good time with that. and We had a good time of fellowship. Amen. And then, Brother Cherry, is it all right for me to tell him what you did last night? Sure. Amen. He's got no secrets. We're all sitting there around the table and a little knock coming up, come on our door. We're just country folks and I hollered, come on in. And uh, the wife and somebody else, maybe Faith, somebody got up and went to the door. And our Brother Cherry was on the other side of the door. And he came in. Uh, and had a dish with him, amen. He came in and chicken pot pie is what it was. I had chicken pot pie for dinner last night. So there's benefits for hanging around Brother Cherry. Yes, sir, you, he'll, he'll feed you well, amen. Yes, sir, so that was a blessing, amen. Amen, but God's got a place for you. Help Sister Broughton, I pray that we're in that place and we get that place, we get that spot where God would have us to be. Amen. One more thing here, not only we say, see that there wouldn't but one member do and one mountain to do. Amen. That's one mountain would do. D-O, one mountain would do. Amen. Then only one method would do. There was one particular method of worship that God had for Abraham there. He said, I'll show you the mountain. I'll show you the place. Six times God told him, to offer up Isaac, that sacrifice, as a burnt offering. Now, we haven't got time tonight to preach through all these sacrifices, but the most drastic of all those sacrifices was the burnt offering. That means you, you delivered it all on the altar. You didn't keep back no portion of that offering. Amen. You didn't just drain the blood out of it and, and sprinkle the blood. You didn't do those other things. 
and we don't have time for it tonight, but you slayed that offering and you laid the whole offering on the fire. You built the fire up, got the offering of the fire of God and you put the whole thing on it and you burned it to a crisp. They wouldn't even need a chef cherry for that. Amen, they just burned it off. All they would have needed was Sister Brock when we first got married. Amen, just burn the whole offering, just burn it all. Amen, make it, cook it till the smoke's rolling and there ain't nothing else left of it, then it's done. Amen, just burn it all. That's what God told him to do with Isaac. Put him on the, put him on the altar as a total burnt sacrifice. You know what God's saying here? God's saying, I want your Isaac and I want all of it. Every bit of it, amen. Yes, sir, I want every bit of it. Can I tell you tonight, God wants and expects and deserves the same thing out of every one of us that is sitting in here tonight. Every one of us owe everything we have unto the Lord. And for us to experience, I keep wanting to point at that because that's what's been up there so often, so much for, but for us to experience God the way God would have us to, we need to put our all on the altar. Amen. Terry Brock has to put his all on the altar. Amen. Can I ask you tonight, would you, do you, would you, shall you experience God in worship? Boy, how sweet it'd get, amen, to put it all on there. You can trust God with your all. Amen, sure you can. Hallelujah. Amen, you can, you can experience God. You can put it all and you can give it all on there. I pastored a young man one time. He, he really loved God. I believe he did. I believe he loved the Lord. He got saved right after I come there to pastor. And about a year, two years in on it, man, he was growing in the Lord. And, but I'd get him preach Sunday morning and he had moved from the back up toward the front, about the second or third pew over on the front. But I'd be a preaching and he'd go to sleep. I wanted to throw a song book at him. But I didn't. I thought it'd be best to talk to him first. So after church one day, I went and got him. I told him, I said, Brother Sammy, can I speak with you today honestly for just a little while? And he said, yes. I said, I'm your pastor and I wouldn't hurt you for a thing. Amen. I've got no desire to hurt you. I wouldn't want to shame you, embarrass you. I don't want to, amen, anything. You know, and I tried naming out all that stuff, you know, just to let him know that I had the right desire in mind. I said, but I know my preaching's not much but you sure make me feel like it's nothing because I get up and go to preach and you go to sleep. Man, he bowed his head. He looked up at me and he said, Pastor, it's not your fault. He said, it's my fault. He said, I love go-kart racing and I've got a go-kart. It's one of the fastest on the track and I drive about an hour and a half every Saturday afternoon to put that go-kart on the track and to race that go-kart way up through the night and by the time I get back home, it's, it's one and two and three o'clock in the morning. It's on up in the morning hours and I'm all keyed up and wound up from racing that go-kart and smelling them fumes from them other go-karts going around that track. He said, I just can't settle down. I can't go to sleep. He said, and about the time I get settled down is about the time you get up and go to preaching. And I said, brother, let me just ask you, do you feel like God's pleased with that? Oh, no, sir, he's not. No, sir. I said, what are you going to do about it? He says, I'm going to have you to help me pray. I looked at him. I said, I'm through praying. I've been praying. He said, what do you think? I said, I thank God to have you to get rid of that go-kart. That go-kart's what's making you sleep while the preacher's up preaching. 
trash that go-kart. I come back in the next Sunday and I'm up preaching and all through the message, I hear this, this kind of high. He had a high voice, his high, amen, amen, preacher, amen. I thought, man, where's that coming from, you know? I looked out there and guess who it was? It was Sammy. Sammy was wide awake. I was a hollering, amen, and a preaching, and he was hollering, amen, amen, preacher, all the way through. You know what? I mean, I couldn't hardly quit preaching. I, I just had myself a spell. You know what I knew? I knew Sammy got rid of that go-kart, amen. I didn't even have to ask him. I stood at the back door, and he come by and shook my hand real firm. He said, Brother Brock, the go-kart's gone. He said, I sold it for Saturday night, got there. He said, I didn't want nothing to hinder my relationship, my fellowship with God. Hey, you know what he told me, Brother Altray? He said, it's been worth it already. Hallelujah, amen. Getting there and staying awake one Sunday morning was worth it already. I said, son, it's worth it to me too. You about preached me to death this morning. Amen, just that encouragement of being in there. Let me tell you something, it'd be worth it to get rid of your Isaac. Amen. Number one was God, experiencing God through his call to worship. Number two tonight is experiencing God through responding to that call. And you know what? God can call and call and call. Do you know what that does? That is God showing his interest for you. You're not showing your interest to God until you respond. Amen. I knew to respond to my dad. Brother Altry is teaching that Sunday school class this morning and done a wonderful job. Hallelujah. Just a great job teaching that Sunday school class. I enjoyed it so. He spoke about his dad and said, my dad never had to tell me nothing twice. Or my dad didn't tell me nothing twice is what he said. Amen. We had a rule around our house and Sister Brock, I was the enforcer and she was the guard keeper on it. She told our kids, she says, I don't ask you to do nothing twice. I tell you one time and you do it. And if you don't do it, then you're going to answer to dad. I thought, all right, here we are. Here we go, amen. Yes, sir. And she taught those, got five boys and one girl. Amen. We wrestled and fought them boys and fought that. No, we never had to fight little Anna. Amen. We really didn't have to fight all them boys, did we, Micah? Micah's shaking his head. Oh, no, not me, dad. Amen. He said, I learned a lot by just watching all them brothers in front of me. He said, the things they got a whipping for, I know not to do. Amen. Michael says, my memory's, my, my memory's like my daddy's. It's a little short, and I'm like my daddy. I'm a little short. Amen. All the way up, me and Michael, we short. But Michael says, I ain't stupid. I may be short, but I'm not dumb. Amen. I ain't watch them brothers of mine. And no, I, I'm not going to do that, amen. I'm not going to go that route. I'm not going to go that way. Amen. Responding to the call of God. Obeying the Lord. Experiencing God is obeying God. Doing what you're told, when you're told. What you're told with the right attitude and the right spirit. Obeying God. I want us to notice, first of all, if we will, this experience in God through responding to God. I want you to notice the eagerness in his response. In chapter number 22, verse number, verse number 3, in verse number 1, verse number 2, he told him to go get Isaac, rise up, and go. Amen. In verse number 3, you said, And Abraham rose up early in the morning. 
Amen. You know what I see there? That tells me he was eager to respond to God. Not only was it early that morning, you know what that teaches us? It was a first priority in his life, amen. He didn't lag around half the day and then think about, I believe I'll mind God. He done made his mind up. He went to bed that night. What he is gonna prepare for, what he was gonna do, where he is gonna go when the sun come up in the morning. Amen, he done laid everything out and he got ready, the eagerness of his response. Amen. I want to remind you, it wasn't his first call of God. It wasn't his first time to respond. We won't take time now, but if you went back to Genesis chapter number 12, you'd see the call of God on Abraham's life. And when you got down there on chapter number 12, verse number one, two, and three, he called him. And in verse number four, Abraham got up and he went. He obeyed God, that first response unto the Lord. He responded to God. It says in verse number four, so Abraham departed. God called him to go, take, take him to a country, take him to a new, a new land, told him to leave his kindred, his place, his people, those he was with. God showed him a country who was built by God. Amen. And Abraham departed in verse number four. Reminds me of Matthew chapter number six. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Reminds me of my last verse. Psalms chapter number 63. Verse number one and verse number two. Psalms chapter number 63. says, O God, thou art my God early Will I seek thee? My soul thirsts for thee, and my flesh longeth for thee, as in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. He said to see thy power and thy glory, such as I have seen thee in thy sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The Lord help me with those verses of Scripture. Praise God, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, thou art my God. Amen. Early will I seek thee, my flesh. I don't completely understand that, but he says, but I believe it, though. Amen. I don't understand. He says, my flesh longeth for thee. Amen. And my soul seeketh for thee. Amen. Boy, what a blessing it is to see thy power and thy glory such as I have seen thee in thy sanctuary. Amen. I've seen God surreal in his sanctuary before, haven't you? Amen. I remember one time over at Light of Calvary, things had got kind of stiff and and uh, hadn't seen a whole lot going on for a little while. We've been a praying and I got up, I got up one morning, my heart just broke one Sunday morning. I'd studied all week and studied that Saturday night and just couldn't come up with much. I can tell that's never happened to Brother Ingram. He is always right on target, got a lot to say. Praise God. I got up that Sunday morning and stepped up behind the pulpit. And all I could say was, oh God. And I looked out to that congregation and three or four folks' heart got broke. And they went to squalling. And I just said, oh God, help Lord. Man, I'm telling you what, this folks, some of them went sliding off, their, off the pew and right down, right down in their seat. Other folks come to the altar and it wasn't long. They wasn't a dry eye in the building nowhere. And folks was a weeping and a squalling. There were some folks who'd been upset one with another and they was going to him and hugging their neck and saying, I'm sorry, would you please forgive me? 
Hey, man, I'm telling you, we had meeting like, like we all ought to be in meeting. Can't do it every time we meet, but about every time. Every once in a while, anyway. Want to get in one of them kind of meetings, amen, where nobody else is important but just the Lord. Nobody wants to do nothing but the will of God, amen. And when God just comes and merges in and sets in your midst, amen, and you can't help but just know he is there. He's all over the place, amen. Oh, how sweet and how precious it is. Amen. When God just shows up in a mighty way, in a wonderful way. And if you have never been in a meeting like that, oh, you don't know what you've missed. Amen. To see God in his power, in his might. I remember revival years ago. I was just a young man. In a church in Winder, Georgia. Eastside Baptist Church in Winder, Georgia. Brother Preston Moore was preaching. It had already got late. And he's preaching and the pastor gets up and says, we'll just go all night. And Brother Moore says, I got more preaching. And I was hollering, amen, preach on, preacher, preach on, get on, go on, amen. And folks got to testifying and little things was taking place, whatever. And about an hour later, they were still talking about, we'll just go all night. Then a little while, you know, it seemed like everybody started to dull down or whatever, and they end up leaving. Everybody left but me. I went back and I found me a spot right in the back of the church, right down between the pews. I got down there between the pews, Brother Aubrey, and everybody else had done gone. They come back in to make sure that all the lights was cut out. And whoever that was, it come, I don't remember who it was. I'm about to see their face, but I couldn't call her name now, but I remember them coming by and seeing my feet or something. And they took one of them looks and they turned around and looked again. They walked over there and they said, Brother Brock, what are you doing? I said, I'm still waiting. It all night ain't over yet. Amen. I still want to be in here with God. God's here and I don't want to leave till he leaves. Amen. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to go home till God goes home. Amen. I laid in that floor and I wept and I had myself a revival. I had a revival on top of a revival. Amen. Listen, I'm not sounding, I hope I'm not sounding boastful or proud. And I hope you're Baptist enough to take this by the right manner or the right way. But God, the Holy Ghost, feel my heart and feel my soul. God made a difference in me in that night, in that revival. The Lord done a work in me that I'm telling you, it lasts for years. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. A first priority. I done got off where I was at. A first priority with God. Putting God first. An eagerness. An earnestness about what we ought to be doing for the Lord. Experiencing God's worship in our worship. Oh, I pray that God would meet with us in a mighty way right here. Canaan Baptist Church. Boy. Hmm. Not only did I see his experience there, but I see an earnestness about his response. You know, it's not always easy to respond unto the Lord. But I see that earnestness. First of all, I see it in his preparation in verse number three, down through verse number six. One of the first things I see that he done is he saddled that, I'm gonna just call it a donkey. If that'd be all right, I hope that's not changing your Bible too much, but he saddled that donkey 
That, that sounds like work to me. It might not have been nothing to Abraham. He's a lot tougher than Terry Brock. But you know what? It ain't an easy thing sometimes to saddle an ass, to saddle a donkey, to go out and get it, to call it, to get it to stand still and be in, be in place and put that saddle on it and harvest it uh, hook it up, everything you got to do with that harness and everything else for that donkey. But he got it all up and he got it all together. Amen. He gathered up two young men to go with him. He got these two servants up and he got Isaac up and he got Isaac ready. And he got them. He gathered up the wood. He got the fire in his hand. He got a knife. He got ready. He made preparation. He did all those things so that he could meet that expectation to be with God and to earnestly meet with the Lord, meet with the God of heaven. A lot of preparation. Shame on us, amen. All we got to do, I lay out my clothes, not every night, but I try to get things that's something in mind. And sometimes I'll go in, I've gained some weight lately and I've got about half my pants I can't wear. And I go in and separate them. So I, I may have to try on two or three pair before I can get some. And I feel like I can comfortably sit in for a little while. I'll go in there and get them out and I'll hang them in a special spot. Give me a shirt out. And I know y'all probably do the same things, but I make some preparation. So I want to get up in the morning and get to the house of God. Amen. Amen. But I had not got a donkey. I got a saddle and I don't have those other things I have to do, but you have to get ready. Amen. Some preparations. Thank God for you who teach Sunday school classes and do your preparation and your preparing and get all prayed up and packed up and ready to come and feed the saints of God. I was, I was through here. I honestly don't remember what day it was or if it was even, this, it was yesterday during the operation saturation. I came by the office down here. Brother Cherry was in there and I stepped in for just a minute. He was in there doing some of his work and come in. I halfway apologized for interrupting him, but that's what I done. I interrupted what he had going on. But in the midst of that interruption, I told him, I said, brother, I thank you. And I thank Pastor Ingram for all the preparation you do. It is very evident to us who are coming in, especially if you've had any deeds or seen anybody or had any part of, of, uh, of operating a house of God. There's a lot of preparation that has to be played, has to take place. Amen. And this pastor and this staff spent a lot of time preparing for what takes place right here on Sunday morning. What if, what if all the congregation put as much time in as they did? Man, Brother Haldry, what if all the congregation prayed as much as the pastor prayed about the Sunday morning meeting? Is Dr. Childs here praying? What if the whole congregation spent as much time as Dr. Childs did praying? My wife blessed my heart last week. She said she came by the office, oh, was it last Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, and, and said Dr. Childs was in there praying with a Pastor Ingram. I said, boy, ain't that a blessing? Praise God to two, two, two men of God. While, while we all still popping our bubble gum and getting ready or settling down with our drink or whatever you're doing, finishing up with your coffee, two men of God's back yonder in one of these offices back there in a study somewhere, amen, down bowing before the God of heaven, preparing themselves and preparing for this meeting, for this time and this place, for the gathering on Sunday morning. Amen. What did God, you and I get prayed up and packed up and prepared and ready and get our mind in gear to come in and to worship the Lord. 
to honor the God of heaven. If we'd get ready, we'd get prepared. I was pastoring a little church over yonder in Jefferson and, and uh, I'd been there just a few weeks and the door opened up and uh, one of the men, was, one of the deacons was actually standing beside me up on the front row. He turned around, glanced, he was a tall guy. He could look over the top of me. Now I know that's amazing, but he could. He looked over the top of me and Brother Daniel, he looked out and he said, what you mean? He said, Brother Brock, we're going to have a meeting this morning. He said this. He said, it's going to get on this morning. And I thought, I hope it does because it hadn't happened yet. He said, it's going to get on this morning. I said, why you say that, brother? He said, look who just stepped through that back door. I turned around looking. There's an old man coming through the back door. About limped over and had his head propped up. And he come, he come barely just step at a time. Just a slow step at a time. That deacon says, you know him? And I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, that's Brother Wilson. He's an old time preacher. Says he'd lived in this community for years. Says he's just an old preacher. He said, he loves to worship God. I said, is he a member here? I thought, I hope he is, amen. Yes, sir. He says, yes, sir, he is. He's a member here and we're going to have a meeting today. I said, praise God, that's good. And I'm telling you, the singing got started. And I got up and got ready to preach and started to preach. And about the time I got the scripture read and I started preaching, he hollered out, whoop, hallelujah. And I said, amen, I ain't about, I ain't about feel that. Hallelujah. And I'd preach and he'd scream, praise God, hallelujah. I said, oh, that's so good. You know what we end up doing? We ended up having meeting that Sunday morning. Amen. Yes, we did. You know why? I, I talked to that old man something. I'm not saying that disrespectful. I hope you're not taking that. I loved Brother Wilson. Amen. I loved him like family. I loved Brother Wilson. I still love Brother Wilson. I preached Brother Wilson's funeral and, and shouted all over that church. Amen. I got so carried away. I about forgot where I was at. I was leaning up on the pool, on the, on the casket. Amen. Brother Wilson, I went to his house and talked to him and I said, Brother, you come in down there sometimes, step through them doors and they don't get the first song sang and you done shout. And he said, Oh, preacher, I start to shout before I leave the house. He said, I've done, I've done prayed longer than you preach before I ever come over there. I said, Amen. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. He said, I've done prayed longer than you preach. I usually don't preach but about an hour. I'm going to try not to do that tonight. I'm going to speed up in a little bit. Amen. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. You know what? I'm so grateful that Brother Wilson was a member of Oak Grove Baptist Church. I used to go see him about every, just, just about every week. I went and seen him. The third time he came, it was so strange he came. I was at the back door and he come out. He looked at me and he said, I've learned one thing. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're a liar just like the rest of them. This was about the third time he come. And he just tried to walk on through and I just reached out and grabbed his arm. I said, what? Hold it. Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute, Brother Wilson. Hold it. Wait just a minute. I said, listen, you have, as far as I'm concerned, you've made a serious accusation. I need to find out what you're talking about. Explain to me when and where I lied to you. He said, you lied to me standing right here. 
I said, please tell me about it. Explain it to me. He said, I went out the door and I asked you, come see me sometime. And you said, yes, sir, I will. He said, I've been sitting over my house and I hadn't seen you yet. You're a liar just like the rest of them. I said, well, brother, we never set an appointment. Did we set an appointment, a day, a time, anything? Nope, you didn't, just like the rest of them. I said, let me make you a promise. The Lord willing, I'll see you this week. I will. Monday morning, I was at his house. About 10 o'clock, I thought I'd give him a little time. About 10 o'clock, I come to his house. I wasn't a liar no more, was I? Amen. I come to his house. Me and him, we had, we had singing, we had praying, we had prayer. At 12 o'clock on the dot, he kicked back in that lounge chair and he hollered out, Woman! Woman! I heard the pitter-patter of the little feet coming through the house. And she says, Yes, sir! Yes, sir! He looked up and he said, That clock says it's, it's lunchtime. You got lunch on the table? She said, no, sir. And I said, Brother Wilson, that's all right. I'm getting up. I've done sitting here too long. I got to go. He says, no, preacher, you're going to sit here and we're going to eat. He said, no, it won't take her just a minute. She said, please wait. I'll have it just a minute. I'm telling you what, it wasn't about 15 minutes and she had a feast laid out. She had all kinds of vegetables sitting out there on that table. Looked like she'd stayed up for two days of cooking. Amen. And I eat for a long time and I visited them every week. And I eat every time I come. And I done just like I'm doing now. I gained weight. Amen. But Brother Wilson was ready when he come to the house of God. Amen. I pray there's some Brother Wilsons at Canaan Baptist Church. You know what I mean? Some of you shaking your head. Yes, that's right. Some will get ready. Let's do some preparing for the house of God, for the getting down there. Amen. We can see his earnestness. It was a three-day trip he went on. Abraham went on a three-day trip and got to a spot and raised up his eyes and says, whoa, this is it. God's got this place. God's got the spot right there. So good thing is on the right mountain, on the right ridge at the right place. Because after a little while, he's got that boy laid down or that grown man, I see him, laid down, getting ready to slay him for a burnt sacrifice before the Lord. Because guess what? There's a voice called out from heaven. Stop, Abraham. Amen. Don't do that. Don't do him no harm. God's going to provide you an offering. Amen. You and I know he had that ram called in the thicket. Amen. 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 God was keeping up his part of it. You, you haven't got to worry about God meeting with you. You get there with the right spirit and the right heart and the right attitude. You're looking for God. That's what he's wanting anyway. Amen. I believe God wants to meet with us more than we want to meet with Him. Amen. He's there. He's ready. Amen. And to go sometime and to get ready and do like you ought to do. There's a lot of things to hinder us. This old flesh is one of the biggest things. Amen. The devil don't want you to get here either. He don't want you to worship when you get here. He don't want your mind on the Lord. He'll do his best to get you and the wife that crossed up with one another. On a good Sunday morning. He'll get you where you'll fuss all the way to the house of God. You feel ashamed to get out and come in. Amen. Just tell him to get out of the car and furnish his own ride. Mm. Hey. Amen. Satan don't want you to experience God. 
Well, we've looked tonight some at experiencing God through God's call, responding to God's call, and then the reward. The reward for with experiencing God. This is going to be real short. I tell you in verse number 11 down through verse number 13, chapter number 22, verse number 11 down through verse number 13, said, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, saying, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. Amen, that was a reward. Neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. You know, that's the first time that the word fearest is mentioned in the Bible. Now I know that thou fearest God. That's what he is looking for. Seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket. You'd say tonight, preacher, what is that reward? I believe, number one, the Savior was glorified. You know what? When this Psalms chapter 22, most of the time it's preached, you know what the message is usually about? Amen, that ram in the thicket. The message is usually about God supply, God supplying for man's salvation for our wretched sin. Amen. The Son of God is glorified through this experience, through this text, through this title. Not only that, but the son, Isaac, is saved. His life is spared because dad's at the right place on the right mountain doing the right thing. Can I tell you tonight through experience the way to save and to rescue your home, your family, your children is, hey, dads, make sure you keep yourself in the house of God and you worship the Lord. Amen. And you take him home with you and you experience God. In the house. Let it be real in your heart and your soul. Amen. Amen. It'll rescue your household. It'll rescue your family. It'll rescue your homes. You'll be glad you did. Amen. It's no easy thing raising children. My, my children are not really children anymore. I mean, I got grown married grandchildren now. And I thank God for them. Amen. Got one of them. She's not married, but she's here with us tonight. Faith back there, I thank God for faith. She's a sweetheart. Amen. She loves her papa and her papa loves her. Amen. She's a jewel in my eyes. Amen. A heart for God. You can have a heart for God. Isn't it a blessing to have your children and they've got a heart for God? Amen. Experiencing God. Amen. Church, let's do that. Let's experience God through our worship. Can I encourage you for the next time when it's meeting time, before we ever get here, start it out yonder somewhere. Start it at the house. Amen. Put it in the car and bring it with you. Get out ready to worship and to honor and to look to the God of heaven. As they come tonight and get a song ready. Amen. Bow with us in prayer, if you will. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and love. Thank you for the many times, Lord, you have spared me and helped me. I thank you for your kindness, Lord, upon our family. 
Lord, I thank you for rescuing us. Lord, I thank you for so many times, Lord, so many times, and your, your, your mercy and your blessings upon us. I thank you for your forgiveness. And Lord, I thank you for this house of God tonight. I thank you for this pastor, Lord, that diligently, Lord, seeks your face and is doing an excellent job, Lord, leading this congregation to a place of worship. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for that. Thank you for putting that in his heart, in his soul. Lord, I am learning things through watching how you're working through him. And I bless your name for it. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help me. Lord, I thank you that you allowed me to warm a spot on the pew. Lord, and Brother Ingram would, do, would allow us to do most anything. Lord, I'm not here to do most anything. I'm here to just join in and worship you and glorify you and honor you. But I pray, Lord, that you'd help me and my wife and Lord Micah to be a blessing. Lord, here, there, wherever we are, Lord, help us to be a blessing for your honor and your glory. And we'll thank you for it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.